Hey, welcome to the Epic Leadership Podcast. My name is Chad Mitchell, and besides being a husband and a father to four wonderful children, I am also a small business owner. And I'm Bobby Hawk. I'm co-hosting with Chad. And not only am I a husband and father of two, but I am also a pastor. So we're going to talk about leadership and whether you are in the marketplace or the ministry, I think the Epic Leadership Podcast can encourage and enhance your leadership. Here we go. And welcome back to the Epic Leadership Podcast. Bobby Hawk, this Rolling. is This is number 13, man. 13, starting year number two. That's yeah. crazy, man. I can't believe it's been a year since we kicked this off. So it's been fun. You bet. Hey, and uh, we're doing a little things, uh, doing some things different this year um, with our new and improved Epic Leadership Podcast. Not only are we coming through your ears, but now you can actually see us on camera. We are YouTube Live. Yeah, we are. So if you're listening to this on the podcast uh, audio version, obviously it kind of doesn't even matter probably to you right now that we're sitting in our new studio uh, designed by your wife. So Chad, tell Carrie what an incredible job she did with this. Uh, we're pretty excited. But those of you that want to watch uh, or maybe just that's more engaging for you. We wanted to provide a video option because both of us have faces for radio. Yeah, for so. sure. You know, thinking about this nice studio, and we've got to figure out a name for this thing. You know, we've got to figure out, you know, what the name is. So if you have any name suggestions for us, you know, maybe you could throw those out there to us. But uh, how about this? How about if we get a good name and we select it, a gift card? Hey, there we go. There you go. So comment. On the YouTube video, comment any names that you think that we should call our studio here. We're just trying to figure this whole thing out. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, come up with a good name. We select it, give you a gift card, and uh, that'd be fun. So yep. there you go. There's the challenge for the new year. So we're February here, Chad, uh, kicking off, uh, again, year two of our podcast. And we, uh, we did a preview um, last month, and we talked about we're going to spend the next uh, several months in this idea of... Uh, what does it mean to plan your life? Well, yeah. what, what does that mean? So uh, I, I think one of the things that in, in life I've realized or maybe realizing is potential. Uh, we use that word all the time, right? Sure. You have the potential to do this, or maybe there's the potential for you to achieve this. But potential is a harsh mistress. Yeah. You know, like it, I feel like I can constantly chase potential and never actually catch up. And I'm just wondering if maybe reframing this whole idea of, is it really about your potential? Is it you trying to live up to your potential? Or is it more about living out your plan? Yeah. Like, is there a purpose and a plan for your life? And if so, that means that God designed you that way. At least that's what, I know that's what we believe. Sure. Uh, it means that your personality, your giftings, your experiences all of those things come together, but you really, you have a plan. There's a plan for your life. And I don't know, potential just seems like something that we chase and chase and chase. And maybe we shouldn't chase potential. Maybe we should actually build our lives around a plan, almost like a, a blueprint, if you will. Yeah. Well, potential, when you chase that potential, it can also become almost defeating. You know what I mean? Because somebody's expectations of themselves may be different than another individual's expectations of them. And I, I like to always say we're striving for excellence. That doesn't mean we have to be excellent. We just want to strive 
to that. We want to work towards that. Sometimes you're going to miss the mark. We all do. That's just what happens from time to time. But having a plan is a little bit better than looking at just that potential because then you're not necessarily set up for failure if you don't exceed that to that. Now, what do you say? Okay, there's going to be people listening possibly that say, okay, well, one, I'm not a planner. I'm just yeah. not wired like that. Or, man, I've tried to plan out my life and I can't control everything that happens to me. And I, I get that. I don't think we're talking about trying to plan and detail every day of the rest of your life. I think what we're talking about is this overall blueprint. Sure. And so w when you think of blueprint, you've built a house. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you and Carrie built a house. I've not, I've not built a house from the ground up. Uh, what, how important is the planning stages, the blueprint of building a house? I'm guessing pretty important, but you've done it. Yeah. So I think anybody that has built a house before, you can always ask them, okay, well, how was that process? What did that process look like? And, it, and it's a tale of two stories, Bobby. You have folks that have built a house that really loved it. And then you have folks that just hated it. And I think the biggest disconnect within those two groups is the plan that was set forth with it. Um, so on planning to build a house, the biggest thing is getting all that stuff done on the front side before the lumber is on the lot, before the, the first nail is hammered into the wood. Because after, if there's plans that happen after, if there's any builders listening, they would know this as well, the expenses just go up. So yeah. that's when the change orders come in. And that's when things just get really expensive. So having a good plan from the get-go and making sure that stuff is mapped out on paper and making sure that you have all the details lined out, man, that's the most important part as far as building a house. So a lot of times people think it's during the process. No, it's actually before the process. Yeah, and, and so my perspective on that comes from uh, serving on the school board for the Blue Springs School District because we deal with a lot of bond issues, a yeah. lot of construction projects. And at a very high level, not the nitty-gritty, at a very high level, we're, there, there's just a lot of planning that goes into all of the construction sites, which, which are usually many things happening at one time. But that's what I realized. Like, the more planning and intentionality on the front end, the better the product on the back end. The more, like you said, whether it's change orders or changing your mind and trying to reconstruct things – when it comes to life, I know sometimes we have to deal with the unexpected, just like construction, but it seems like there's a lot of people that live without a plan. They live without a blueprint. So, Chad, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the keys to building a house is going to be the blueprint. It's probably the most important key, to be honest with you, and also understanding that sometimes a plan has to be subject to change, and you have to be able to adapt to what that change looks like. But not planning. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, not I, planning. You, you're just, you, you are just going at something with no organization. Um, you're going at something with, with no intentionality. Plan gives you intentionality. Whether we like intentionality or not, a plan, you can't, when you have a plan, you can't help but not be intentional about things. Yeah, the, the old axiom, I think, is failing to plan is planning to fail, right? Yeah. So when it comes to life, and I think this is where we're trying to drill down, I can live my life chasing potential. I can, I can live my life trying to live up to my potential, the potential of others. And I don't know that I'll ever catch that. And when you do catch that, doesn't, doesn't the bar just keep moving farther yeah. along? Where a plan is, what do I want my life to look like? And let me move backwards. Well, at the end of my life, whenever that is, what is most important? And for me to achieve that, how do I get there? So I think, and I'm not an expert builder, 
Jesus uh, in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, and just some context, Chad, for those listening, uh, Chad and I both are on staff together at a church. We also have uh, roles outside of the church. And so this is ministry and marketplace. We're trying to blend it all. But a lot of leadership principles, they're the same, whether Absolutely. ministry, marketplace, yeah. mom, dad, husband, wife, it's the same. I think this applies. Jesus was a builder by trade. Uh, we call him a carpenter. In that time, he's probably actually more of a stone mason. Um, uh, tecton is the word that was used. Either way, he understood the concept right. of building and construction. And in Matthew chapter 7, he ends this entire teaching. Uh, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. It's really three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And he ends it with this final analogy or metaphor. And he talks about a wise person builds their house on the rock. The foundation is strong. When the storms come, the wind blows, all of that, the house stands. And a foolish person builds their house on the sand. And yeah. when the same thing happens, the house falls. And if you put that in context with everything that, that we learn from the Bible about God designing us and we have a purpose for our life and it's intentional. In fact, it says all of our days, like he designed all of our days before it even came to be. It just communicates to me that I should be considering what is God's plan for my life and what do I need to get there? And then I should live out the plan, not right. chase the potential. Yeah. And and to kind of simplify that a little bit, you know, from a leadership standpoint, there are a lot of books out there that talk a lot about this. And, you know, one of the books that talks about this is a book called The Dash, and I'm sure that you've, you've read that and, and looked at that before. It's more inspirational than leadership, but, you know, the, the premise of the book is we all have a begin date, and we're all going to have an end date, right? I mean, that's just the guarantee. The thing about it is it's the dash in the middle that we're talking about. That's the plan. What is your dash going to say about this, about you and about your plan when, God forbid, something happens to you? And, and you pass on, what is your legacy? What is yeah. your dash going to say? Yeah, well, the poem that you've heard me share at several funerals, I do it every time, so I'll share it at yours if we ever get to that point. Let's and, not get there as quick, man. Well, let's, I'm, I'm not, you know, you're older than I am, that's all I'm saying. But yeah, by Linda Ellis, it's just that. It's the dash. It's that idea of what's in between. So here, here's what I think we could do, Chad, in the next uh, several episodes here. If we're talking about planning your life and, and a, a life plan, a blueprint, what are the pillars to, yeah. to that plan? What, what are the pillars to that foundation that are solid? And I think it'd be great if we if we could take each month and, and talk about the pillars and then maybe talk about, like, let's break that pillar down into, into several practical pieces, if you will, um, that our listeners hopefully could say, yeah, how am I doing with that? Am I planning my life around that? So what's the first pillar we should tackle? You know, I think the first pillar that, that you and I have to tackle, and again, this goes back to our faith, I think, is for me, Bobby, that's got to be God. That's the first pillar for me. But what what, what is it? Is it, I, I guess, passion? I mean, passion for God? Is that, I mean, when we're talking about pillars, what is it about, what is it about God? Is it the passion for a relationship with God? Talk to me about that. I think it starts with faith, right? I mean, we all have to have faith in something. And, you know, I think for me, um, that plan has to start with a faith in God and a faith in what He has provided me, the opportunities that I've been provided, as well as the guidance that I feel like sometimes I'm given to work through the plan, um, whether that be the guidance through my business or whether that be the guidance of being a father or a husband. Um, 
I feel like that is a strong belief that I have that without that, my house starts to tilt a little bit. And okay. it's more like being built on the sand than on the rock. Okay, so I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna do, Chad. I want to call the pillar passion then, because if it okay. starts with faith, it starts with God. I like that. Passion for God, right? Sure. That's where it starts. We know it starts there, but it doesn't stop there. Cool. We know that's not enough. And I know, I know, if you're a Christian listening, like, whoa, what do you mean a passion for God's not enough? Well, a passion for God is where it starts, but that's what leads to a passion for some of the other things that life includes, because it's an oversimplification. Or, or like, I'll tell people when I when I talk to them, it's an incomplete truth. Right. It's true, but it's incomplete. If I just said, you need a passion for God. Yeah. Yes, but that's incomplete in and of itself. So, so I would agree. For me, passion for God. You know, if we've got listeners out there that would say, "Man, I'm not sure I believe in that. I'm not sure I subscribe to that." I would say keep listening. I think you can resonate with some of the other facets of passion, but for us, man, without a passion for God, life for me is meaningless because Chad, there's nothing next. Yeah. And and if you are a listener that that can't align with that, I totally get it. I do. And we're not saying that you should align with that. What we're saying is you have to have passion in something. Maybe your passion is being the best father you can be. Maybe your passion is being the best husband or wife that you can be or mother. Or maybe you just have a passion to be the best business owner. You know, whatever your passion is in, I believe that you really have to have that in order for this whole thing to work. Yeah, and I, I agree with that, and that's why I hope if you're a listener and you don't have a passion for God, would you at least consider what we're talking about? Because all of those things that you mentioned, Chad, are important. The reason to me, that they're all important is because of what's next, Right. that our life doesn't just end when the date on the tombstone after the dash sure. ends, and it's our faith in God that I think fuels that, which says, man, I really want this dash to matter. So I, I agree, passion for God, but if we want to break down passion even further, we say passion is a pillar of our blueprint. If you live a life without passion, I, I think you're kind of missing the Missing the mark, right? Yeah, well, it, I mean, what drives you then at that point? I mean, and you have a, a passion. Yeah. I mean, whether you admit it or not, something's driving you. Right. If nothing's driving you, then I don't know, man. That just seems like that's not really living. Yeah. It seems like you're dying and just waiting for the expiration date. Is that? Well, and as a listener and a viewer, don't get caught up in, in the terminology. Get caught sure. up in the concepts, right? Yeah. Get caught up in the concept. Maybe you say, well, I don't have a passion for anything. Well, Maybe it's not what you're calling passion. Maybe it's what drives you. What, what drives is your you? driving force? Yeah. Right? You'll find that we like to use alliteration. Yeah. It helps us remember. Maybe it helps you. So you're going to find these pillars are going to have some alliteration, but that's that's fine. I agree. Whatever helps you understand your drive, your passion, your zeal, your fervor, yeah. what wakes you up in the morning, whatever that is. So for me, yeah, it starts with a passion for God. I think that the, the second part of that, Chad, is a passion for grace. Yeah that I need to have a driving desire to be a person of grace. Right. Um, does that resonate with you? It does. And, and Bobby, if I were to ask you about grace, because I have an opinion on this, but I would love to hear your opinion on this. Who, what is that, when, you, when I say grace, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I think an, a very simple definition is grace is me not getting what I deserve. Yeah. Or maybe I should say grace and mercy. Mercy might be me not getting what I deserve, and grace is getting what I don't deserve. Maybe that's a better way to say that. So here's when I say a passion for grace, 
if I want grace, if I want people to extend some grace to me, I'm not always going to be perfect. I'm not going to live up to my potential or anybody else's potential. I'm going to, at some point, I'm going to let your expectation of me down because I'm not a perfect person. And none of this is about, there's no perfect plan out there. Nobody lives out their life in a perfect way. So grace is, give me grace for when I fall short of that. But a passion for grace, Chad, means I have to be willing to do that for others. Yeah. If I don't do that for others, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to become bitter. I'm going to hold on to unforgiveness. It's a really difficult way to live. Is yeah. that what? Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. And I think the other piece of this is, is we really have to be able to give ourselves grace from time to time, right? I mean, because there are going to be times when we miss the mark, right? There are going to be times, and, and as a matter of fact, it's going to happen more so than not. So you have to give your, yourself grace. But Bobby, we live in such a we live in such a world right now, and we have talked about this on this podcast before that everything is a is an expectation, right? We are held at everything is the highest standard because of social media. You know, you're seeing the best of everybody, right? And I think sometimes we just need to relax a little bit and learn to give one another grace. Because yeah. here's the thing: there are going to be people that mess up our orders at the restaurant. There are going to be people that that don't get things right that we expect of them. And I'm not saying that's not going to be frustrating because that is really frustrating when that happens. But we have to remember we can only receive what we give. Yeah. You know, a very simple thing happened to me last night, Chad. And and you mentioned the restaurant. Uh, I took my daughter. We went and grabbed a sandwich uh, before I had to bring her to the church for her youth group. And as we were in the the sandwich place, I'm a very simple sandwich guy. Okay, I know this to be I true. Know you, I know you know this, <laughs> and she is turning out to also be very simple. And so we both go into the sandwich place, and we both order the same thing. And it was all we wanted on it was steak, bacon, and cheese. That's it, right? So it's, it's a sub. It's, it's going to be toasted steak, bacon, and cheese. So we say that from the outset, and they repeat back, "Is that a, is that all you want on it?" Yes. They go, they warm it up, they come up to the place where they're going to put everything else on it. They're like, all right, what else do you want on there? Nothing. They're like, okay, well, what, like, what veggies do you want? <laughs> like, we don't want any. She's like, so you don't want anything else on there? And I'm like, no. Now, going to be honest with you, at that point, I'm kind of like, I don't know how else to explain this because <laughs> I just told you, I, matter of fact, I made your job easier. I literally, you don't put anything else on it. Just, just fold the sandwich, cut it. So we go to sit down and my daughter's like, dad, how many times do we have to tell them we don't want anything on it? And that is the initial response, right? It's almost like a frustration. Like you got to be kidding me. I had to repeat myself. Here's the deal. I got to extend grace because 99 out of a hundred people that walk into that store, they want something besides steak, bacon, and cheese. That's what they're used to. They're not used to me. Right. So In, in all honesty, I think they just wanted to get it right. Right. And I was frustrated that they asked me the same question. Here's the point. We all need grace. And I find when you live your life to extend grace, you tend to receive much more grace. When you live a life without grace and you don't give other people grace, yeah. sometimes that comes back and you don't, you don't get much either. So a passion for grace is critical. Yeah. So passion for God passion for grace, man, what else? What do we need a passion for? What's that pillar look like? You know, I, I think we all need a passion to grow. 
we need a passion to be able to to grow with who we want to be okay. as, as an individual. Okay. We also need a passion to to grow with you know where we want to get to as an individual or as a family or anything like that. So I think that that is a, another passion that we have to have. Yeah. So as a part of that that plan, I I know that I'm never going to arrive. Yeah. I mean, I think they say. Correct me if I'm wrong, but. Uh, and maybe it's just if you're a guy, I don't know, but your ears keep growing like as you age. Is that true? Like, because I've heard somebody say like your ears never stop growing. And I look at some older gentlemen, including my grandpa, and I'm like, I think that's that seems to be true. They, they, Did you say the hair in your ears or your ears? Uh, maybe that too. Maybe <laughs> maybe all. Maybe all of the above. Here's what I know: if you're not growing, you're dying. Absolutely. And so there has to be. We go back to the word passion. You have to have a drive. You have to have um, a zeal, if you will, to say, how can I keep learning, right? Right, um, and, and we've said this before, but leaders are learners. Yeah, We never stop learning. We stop learning, we stop growing. We stop growing, we stop living. And to me, I don't see how you can't have a passion to grow and really consider yourself uh, a leader, even yeah. if that's just leading your own life. Well, and as as a business owner, Bobby, I don't think I've ever been to a point to where I've said, okay, I've reached the mark. Now, maybe someday I will get there, retirement or something like that. This is enough. I, I, I've gone far enough. But it's always about, you know, January. We just got through it. And I hate the month of January. And you know why I hate the month of January? Because everything for me in my business starts back at zero. And now you have to repeat over what you did the prior year. And it's tough as a business owner. It's tough as a as an entrepreneur. It's tough sometimes as a as as a as a church to be able to repeat what we did that prior year. And I think it all goes back to that passion to grow. Because if you don't have a passion to grow, you're not going to be able to repeat that for sure. Yeah. And and I just want to say this applies to everyone. Absolutely. I mean, listen, husband, wife, marriage, you got to have a passion to grow. Nobody gets to the end of a day and has a perfect marriage. Marriage takes work. Nobody has a perfect business. Business takes work. Relationships take work. And so I think this idea of growth is I want a mindset that says I've never arrived. I can always learn something new. Because when I come in with that mindset, Chad, actually, I can learn from everyone. Yeah, I can learn what to do. I can learn what not to do. Whether that's again as a husband, as a parent, as uh, somebody working in ministry or outside of ministry, right. so yeah, I think a passion to grow, and and then I think Chad, another again, these are pillars. Pillar is the passion, but passion for what? And and if we have another area, to me, you can't have a plan and a blueprint for a successful life if you don't have a passion to give. Absolutely, yeah, and, and I think. You know, and everybody's going to have a different take on this, Bobby. I mean, everybody is. Um, what are they giving to? Well, that necessarily doesn't mean you have to give money to a charity. That means you have to give something. Give something of yourself. Whether that's money, that could be money to a charity, that could be money to a church, but it also could be um, talents. It could be treasures. Anything that you can give back to. Um, I know you and I serve on a, a number of nonprofit boards. Okay, that's that's a form of giving. We're giving back. I know that that within our organization here at the church, 
you know, that's that's a big thing. And it's not necessarily so we can make a church bigger. It's that we can spread that giving and make it go further and make it go and touch more people. So I think yeah. that's that's important. Yeah, one of the people ask me all the time, what does it mean to give? And, and we just simply narrow it down to give your time, your talent, your treasure. Absolutely, that's right? it. And I, I personally, by the way, there's no offering coming here, right? We're not taking an offering. <laughs> we're past the plate. The only thing we're taking an offering on is crumble cookie. Can we get this sponsorship already? I, I, I quit desserts. <laughs> they didn't sponsor me, Chad, and so I literally quit desserts. I'm not eating desserts again for the rest of my life. Thanks, crumble, or no thanks, whatever. But if you're going to be honest, everyone can give all three of those. Yeah. I don't, I don't think – I think it's a three-legged table. You know, if you, you pull a, one leg off, that table's not going to stand – I don't think you have to give them all at the same time. Right. I think maybe there's situations in life. But being a generous person, being a giving person, I've got talents that can help somebody else. Right. I've got time that, that I can commit to somebody else or to something else. And I've got treasure. Now, that doesn't mean I'm rich or wealthy. And in fact, statistically speaking, Chad, I don't know if you know this or not, but the wealthiest people in the world actually give the least. Yeah. Statistically speaking, when we we look at that, there are people who are at a poverty level that, at least in nonprofit worlds and church worlds and organizations, actually give a higher percentage, not a higher amount, but a higher percentage. So I say that to say we all have time, talent, and treasure. It's figuring out how can I be a giving person? Because if I'm not a giving person, I'm a consuming person. Right. You know, if I'm not a contributor, I'm a consumer. If I'm not a giver, I'm a taker. Um, and I just don't know. I don't know that anyone wants to get to the end of their life. Well, here's what I will tell you. I've never met anyone, and I've been in a lot of people at the end of life stage. I've yet to have anyone tell me, Chad, I wish I had given less. Yeah. Never heard anybody say, I wish I'd given less of my time to help others. I wish I'd given less of my talent to help others. I wish I'd given less of my trip. Never. Now, I've had plenty of people that have regrets because they didn't give, Right. but I've never met one person who got to the end of your life, and that's what we're talking about. This is a Plan your life. What does the end look like? Giving's got to be part of the blueprint, but you got to have a passion for it. Yeah, and and it's not, you know, for me personally, Bobby, I mean, the giving thing comes a couple different ways, okay? It comes, number one, because I enjoy it, but also, number two, it comes because, man, I'm trying to set a pretty good example for those that are watching me. And the most important people that of those that are watching me are these four kids that call me dad and stepdad. Right. Yeah. That's the most important people for me that is that is watching what I'm doing. And I think if I can set a good example for them, then basically what I'm doing is that's the legacy that I'm leaving back for them to be able to spread on to their kids and, and make this generational thing. Let's close the gap on this thing a little bit. You know what I mean? So I, the, the give, the passion for give is great. Well, and, and it comes for me from a passion for God, right? Because the passion for God, God so loved the world that he gave. Yeah. God didn't so love the world that he kept. For sure. And I've never heard, have you ever heard an emotional keeping story? Have you ever heard anybody get up at a chamber event or at a, a church or at a, a leadership seminar and they share this story and they say, you know, hey, there's this young man and he didn't have a car and I had an extra car and I just, I kept my car and he went carless and everybody's like, oh man, that's just so inspirational. No. Well, I, I will tell you this. I've heard a lot more about, I I have a mentor of mine, and one of the things that he always reminds me of is there's going to be a time in your life, multiple times in your life, where you're going to say, I wish I would have, or I'm glad I did. 
And I can tell you, I've heard a lot more stories about, man, I wish I would have done that than I glad that I'm glad I did. So it just puts it in perspective because yeah. there's going to be a point in time in your life when you're going to look back and you're going to have to answer that question. Are you glad you did or do you wish you would have done more? Yeah. Well, so we've we, we heard this before, but you never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. Right? Exactly. We're not that's taking it. it with us anyway. So the each of these pillars that we're talking about for our life plan, for our blueprint, um, include six points because we're just trying to make this full circle. So we've hit four, a passion for God, yeah. a passion for grace, a passion to grow, a passion to give. What's another one? we got two more left. What, what are they? You know, I would say that a passion to just be able to grind through things, okay. to be able to grind through things and, and to be able to work through some things of difficulty because we're going to have difficult times in life. We just are. Yeah. And if you just sit back and wait for those difficult times to go away, man, you're going to struggle. Okay. Yeah. So it, here's the thing. I think sometimes we can paint a picture to where this life we live is just, it's just butterflies and roses, right? I think that's easily done sometimes with social media, with even podcasts. I think that's very easy to do. But you have to understand there are going to be trials and tribulations in life. Your plan is going to fail at some point. And multiple times throughout your life, your plan is going to fail. You have got to have passion to grind through that yeah. because the lack of you having the passion to grind through it just basically means you stop. Yeah. And what does that look like? You know, I, I mean, so you have to have passion to be able to grind through the ups and downs of what you're going to deal with in life, in business, in parenting, in yeah. all of that. Yeah. Mark Batterson, a good friend of mine who I know uh, we've talked about before on this podcast, but does a lot with leadership. Yeah. And I know one of his books, Do It For A Day, it's kind of a 30-day you know, journal, if you will. And but, but one of the things he talked about in that, and I think he also talked about it in his book, Win The Day, was the difference in plot and plot, plotters and plotters. Yeah. And this whole plan idea is really about plotting, right? It's about saying, okay, what do I want the end of my life to look like? What's the blueprint for the house, the 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 legacy that I'm going to build. And that's important. That's very important. But there comes a point where you also got to be a plotter, where right. you're going to, like you said, grind through it to get to it. I almost think of the, the term grit over quit. Yeah. Right? It's going to take grit over quit. You, you're going you're gonna to run into that wall and you got to decide – do I plow through the wall? Do I climb over the wall? Do I go around the wall? But what you can't do is just simply walk away because there's a wall. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, we can correlate this back to sports because uh, we're coming off the heels of an, another AFC championship win for the Kansas City Chiefs heading yep. to the Super Bowl again, Bobby. So yep. uh, going into that, and here's the thing. In that final game that we won to get to the Super Bowl, how many – what we lose? Like three, four starting receivers? And then we, oh. we we had a one-legged quarterback. Yeah, we were you know? down defense. We were down offense. I mean, we were we were starting to play guys. I didn't even know their names, right? Yeah. And there was no quit. Yeah. It was all grit. And, and, and we know that doesn't guarantee the outcome that you always want. I mean, just because you don't quit doesn't mean you're going to win the game. In this case, we did. But I do believe if you don't quit, you can win at life. Absolutely. If you don't give up. If you don't throw in the towel – and even when the plan takes a deviation, because life can do that, you you still have to be committed. What does the 
end goal look like? That's what, that's what we're trying to get. Please think of the plan. I hope our listeners are thinking of the plan as the plan for what the end of my life, what, what right. am I going to be satisfied with? Okay, so passion for God, passion for grace, passion to grow, passion to give, passion to grind. Here's the last one I'll throw out. Six points for pillar number one would be you have to have a passion for great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Passion for great. Not good. I mean, a passion to do good maybe, but it's the it's the idea. Jim Collins, you know, everybody knows the book. Probably if you studied leadership at good all, to great. good to great. Yeah. But it's the idea that good is the enemy of great. I want to I want to live a great life. Right. I want to do great things. I don't want to settle for good, right? Yeah, and let's make sure that we're specific on that for for our listeners and the viewers out there because great is going to be a a scale that's that's going to look different for everybody, right. right? So let's not just say that great is the best that you can ever do because that may not be where your level of great actually is. Because that's chasing potential, right? Absolutely. That's going back to what we said earlier. Yeah. Dismiss the mistress of potential. Right. So we got to marry your plan, marry your purpose. So what we're saying, yes, great is about excellent. Absolutely. So I can't be excellent at everything, but I can be excellent at everything I choose to do. And excellence looks different. You, you can't expect, okay, the level of excellence for you and I going out to play football is not going to look like Patrick Mahomes. In fact, no, we're gonna nobody try. is going to look like <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. So that's not, he's not the bar. It's excellence over perfection. And I think that's where people get caught up, Chad, when they hear great or, you know, this passion for great. Sometimes people mistake that and they say, oh, you just want perfection. No, 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 no. None of us are perfect, so right. we don't want perfection. Perfection is about potential. Let's let's dismiss that. What we're talking about is great has the idea of I want to do it with excellence, right? So what's the difference in perfection and excellence for, for you? How do you differentiate that? You know, I, I go back to that I'm striving for excellence, right? Excellence would mean that I have nowhere to improve. I mean, I, I've, I've hit all of my things that I want to do. I've completed the plan 100%. I have nowhere to improve. Well, Bobby, if I have nowhere to improve, then how can I have a passion to grow? Yeah. Right? So that's where it comes back for me at. Um, having a continuous improvement and always being able to continue to strive for excellence for me, I think that's where it comes back to. For me to be able to complete my plan, I want to make sure that I'm hitting on these pillars that we've talked about. And if I'm hitting on these pillars that we're talking about and I'm doing the best that I can to achieve excellence within those, man, I, I feel like I'm, I've won. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, perfection for me is it's unattainable for any of us. Right. I mean, we wouldn't need God. We wouldn't need the first point to our first pillar of passion for God if we were perfect. Yeah. So throw perfection out. Excellence is just striving to be better. And that's why good is the enemy of great. If I settle, Chad, if I say, you know what, I'm a good dad yeah. and I'm okay with that. Well, that's a problem, right? right? I mean, I've, I've kind of just said, hey, I, I don't need to grow. Right. Well, that's a problem. I, I've kind of settled and that's this whole idea of if I've got a passion for great, I'm always going to look for ways that I can be better as a husband, as a father, as a leader. Goes back to grow, goes yeah. back to grace, goes back to give. So I want to be great at my passion for God. 
I want to be great at choosing to grow. I want to be great at demonstrating grace. I want to be great at giving. I don't want to be an average giver. I want to be a great giver. I want to be great at grinding, you know? And I think that's where probably it makes sense to conclude with a passion for great means I'm never going to be satisfied, but it's not because I'm chasing potential. I'm not chasing perfection. It's because I know I can be better and I want to choose to be the best that I can be. Yeah. Is that now, fair? I, I would agree. And, and and for our listeners, listen, you know, this stuff, it, there's a lot that goes into it, okay? And I think we've talked about this a number of different times on our podcast before. The, the most important thing is that you just start, yeah. right? You start with a plan and, and you work through what that looks like. Now, you may have questions about how that goes or what that looks like. Find, find yourself somebody that understands it. Find yourself a partner, a mentor, somebody to hold you accountable for what that looks like. And I got to think, Bobby, that if you focus on these things that we've talked about tonight and focus on the things that not being not being 100 percent, but starting them and being intentional about what you're doing, then you got to be better. Right. Yeah, well, and just to prove that we're not perfect, you said tonight we're recording this midday. Our stomachs are growling, so <laughs> we're clearly not perfect. But that's the point: is you pick, you pick one of these points. Maybe not all of them, because we've talked about the pillar is passion. Right. We all need passion, and you pick one of these points, and you say, you know what, I'm going to work on this, and and that's that's what we're trying to get at. Yeah. It, it's a it's a process, but you can't do that until you're willing to say. Am I willing to have a blueprint and a plan for my life? Do I have a destination of what I want the final product to to look like? Because these are just, this is the foundation to get there, yeah. and these are the pillars of the structure. So, uh, what we're going to talk about then, Chad, over the next uh, several podcasts, then uh, we've got six pillars that we want to address. And each of those pillars has six points to think about. And so, we're just trying to create kind of a comprehensive. Uh, approach to leadership, to life, to living out a plan versus chasing potential. And uh, and I'm excited. Hopefully yeah. each time there's something that our listeners can take away. But uh, maybe let's just do final recap and we'll uh, we'll let everyone go today. But I think it's been uh, it's been good. Yeah, it has been good. And remember, uh, let's just recap those pillars again. OK, so passion for God, passion for grace, a passion to grow, passion to give passion to grind, and a passion to be great. Um, All pillar number one, right? It's all passion. Right. But if you do all of those things, that's a pretty strong foundation. That's that's a pretty strong pillar. We're starting this house out right on the rocks. We're not on the sand, Bobby. Yeah, that's good. And uh, again, if you got a suggestion, our listeners, for what we're going to call our new space here, name the studio, get a gift card, uh, maybe to crumble if they'll finally donate. If not, we'll uh, We'll figure it out. out. So uh, join us next time. But Chad, hey, thanks so much. Um, Appreciate you being a part of this. I think uh, our listeners appreciate you being a part of this. I know I enjoy this and I will see you uh, next month. We'll try to get this one out. Our goal is the first of every month. Yeah. Took us a little bit of time this time just to make sure we had the studio finished. But first of every month, join us again around the first of March and we'll talk about pillar number two to uh, planning your life in a way that it matters, matters most. So. Yeah, you bet. Appreciate you as well, Bobby. Good to do this with you. And welcome to all of our new YouTube visitor, visitors. Um, if you guys have any comments or anything like that, make sure you comment down below. We'll be try to respond back to those. So this will be a, just a different way for us to interact with you guys. And for all of our listeners, um, 
hey, thank you for continuing to be a part of this. And we will see you guys again in March. And uh, again, remember, if you guys feel this helpful, leave us one of those five-star reviews. That always helps us out. Yeah, and maybe share it with somebody else. Maybe it'll help them too. So you bet. Right, we'll see you soon. Take care, guys.